0: I'm going to do this for me, for you, for Kobe, for anybody that could possibly benefit from this. And because, like I said, I don't know how long I have left. Take a breath. Look around. Feel it. Feel the vibration. Feel the breath. Feel the power of just fucking being alive. I'm Don Ham, the Sex Jesus. And the Nats of Virgin Mary. I love that. Yeah, that's perfect. By the time I was five or six, I'd already suffered like a tremendous amount of abuse. Um, Yeah, I'd suffered a tremendous amount of abuse, and I'd seen some pretty horrible things by the time I was six. And uh, I don't know if you want me to talk about those, but, you know, molesting, you know, I was molested, and my earliest memories of being molested was I was, you know, like an infant i have like images of it and, and experiences i became conscious of the abuse around age five and you know, where i have like very clear memories um and i'd watch my dad Fuck, man i was positive at some point he was going to try to kill my mom so i was seeing that when i was a kid right around that age uh my dad was just like abusive in so many of these different ways you know he'd flick me in the head and call me an idiot you know, you know he would spank me violently yeah, you know, i'm a fucking child and and uh, one of the instances, I wrote a story about this, you know, at one point but was uh, if I did something wrong, he'd make me stand in the corner uh, at the end of this dark hallway in our house. And there was a little like mouse hole, like at the bottom of the baseboards. And, uh, and if uh, I did something wrong, he'd make me stand in this corner for like hours. And if at any point I cried or whimpered or complained or expressed that I was scared or made a noise at all, or, or like moved my head so that I wasn't like, you know, like my nose wasn't deep into the corner, you know, I'd get like another hour. And, uh, and I remember one of the moments, um, you know, these little mice came out and they were just nibbling on my toes and I was like five or six and I had to try so hard not to fucking scream. Um, And not to cry because I knew if I did, I, uh, you know, I just could have to stand there longer. So, and so I remember at age five, (coughs) um, I was at a babysitter's house and I just didn't, I'm fucking five. And I just didn't want that to be my life anymore, you know. Um, And so I remember I just... Saw this balcony at this babysitter's house, and I just ran towards this balcony and tried to get to the top and launch myself off. And I, I just wanted to fucking die. Um, and so, uh, at age five, adults see kids running towards fucking uh, you know patios and railings and stuff. They'll catch you. And so, you know, at age five, you know, and, and age six, you know, I wasn't I wasn't going to be allowed to die. And I just remember sitting by myself one day uh, and hurting and then I could see kind of other kids crying and stuff like that. So I could see other kids hurting. So even by the time I was age six, I was just like, you know, I just want to help people at age six. I was like, I just want to help people. And if you know anything about my life and my story, the next fucking 30, you know, 25 plus years of my life was spent living As close to hell on earth as possible. I mean, when I tell my story, I I say um, my life kind of takes place in four parts. The first part was being abused in every way possible, um, mentally, physically, emotionally, sexually. The next portion of my life, starting in my teens, was I became the monster I was bred to be. And so all the things that have been done to me, I became... You know, got involved in gangs, addicted to drugs, got in fights, all sorts of, all sorts of fucking, like shit. It was an awful person. Um, and as I went through most of my life, and I wrestled from that five-year-old you know I, I wrestled with being that five-year-old for most of my life where i just wanted to die just wanted to find a balcony to jump off or, or you know sometimes i would drive my car a little too fast i used to you know have this habit of being the crazy guy I'd get out of cars i would climb on the roof or the hoods of cars going 80 miles per hour down the highway and people were like ah, oh, don's crazy oh he's so cool and i was like no nah, i wasn't crazy or cool i just didn't want to fucking be alive and i didn't have quite the guts to totally take my own life because i you know, I've always been terrified by that, what dreams may come, um, you know, thought process, you know, Hamlet, he's just like, oh, but if I take my life, what dreams may come? And I've always been a little scared about that. And and I always have had that anchoring in my soul from when I was six, where I was just like, but I really want to help people. And so there's a part of me that never really wanted to die, even in the most tragic of moments, because I was just like, hey, maybe at some point I'll figure out how to help people. Maybe I will be the thing people need. And so I always try to stick around. I try to stick around to, to be that, that thing that maybe somebody needed. You know, I wanted to help people. I so said that when I was six, you fast forward, and I lived my life in the most terrible ways possible. And, and for most of my life, I was just like, ah, man, I'm a piece of trash, I'm garbage, I've been abused and I'm a terrible person, so I might as well die, spend the rest of my life in prison. Right around 30, something happened where I learned something I'll talk about it at some point, but I learned something. And from that moment, that lesson, everything changed. And so I kind of entered the next chunk of my life where uh, I changed. (laughs) Yeah, I realized that who I wanted to be as a person. Um, which was a good person that loved people and helped people and was happy and healthy and all these things was actually possible for me. I, I, crazily enough, until I was 30, I didn't believe it. I believe bad things happened to you. You were the bad things that happened to other people and you didn't deserve happiness or joy or peace or or if you grew up in the inner city as a victim of abuse, or you were a multiple time convicted felon, or if you'd hurt people or hurt yourself or, or were a drug addict or a drug dealer or gang member or any of these things that society deems as disgusting, that you were kind of worthless, you could amount to anything. And then all of a sudden, I just realized I was fucking a bullshit paradigm and I could actually be something and do something. And, and so I started changing. So that... That third of my life was, was changing, totally transforming, believing in myself and starting to do the work to just kind of be the person I wanted to be. And then at some point, very recently, I entered this phase in my life where I realized now after I'd kind of walked the path of transformation... People were starting to ask me questions like, how did you do this? And how did you do deal with that? And and I realized because of this kind of gauntlet of abuse, like being abused, this gauntlet of like kind of being trash, this gauntlet of kind of changing and healing and transforming from all of those things, um, I kind of realized I had answers for all these people and all these questions. And, uh, and so I started, you know, as best as I can, you know, trying to help my friends, like, Went to school, got a degree in counseling, so I could actually be a counselor. I uh, got certified as a life coach so that that I could help people move forward, you know, in coaching and stuff. Um, All these things that I'd seen value in for myself um, so that I could offer those to others and my own knowledge and wisdom and and experience. And and so, yeah, this phase of my life is really, um, I would define as like kind of being the change in the world that I want to see. I remember... um, you know, part of my coaching program, thing that I went through, uh, we had to spend a day uh, with the homeless. Now, I'd been homeless for a little bit when I was 19, so I kind of knew what being homeless was actually like from an actual experience. But we had to spend a day with the homeless, and after this like really touching series of moments with this day, the last exercise we had to do was we had to find somebody that we'd interacted with to go up to them, and somebody that we we looked at as it's like, wow, something about this person's better than me. The, what or, how they were acting or how they were being or what they were doing. like We, we deemed them as better than me. And we had to go ask them um, how they became that, if they could teach us that thing. And um, I, I remember um, the day started off where we weren't allowed to eat for 24 hours before we... They didn't tell us where we were going to be homeless for a day, but we weren't allowed to eat. And so by the time 5 a.m. rolls around and we're in the middle of you know, like the worst part of town and um, we're dressed in rags basically... Um, The first exercise of the day was all you were allowed to say, all you were allowed to say was, I'm hungry. So uh, you couldn't explain anything to anybody. Just say, I'm hungry. And so I walked around for like an hour saying, I'm hungry. uh, And nobody would give me food. I tried to go to Burger King where people were just walking away with food. And I was like, surely somebody that already has food would just give me some fries or a hash brown or something. Nobody would give me any food. And then finally I saw this homeless man. He was walking around carrying a pizza. And I looked at him, and I said, I'm hungry. And he's like, here you go, man. He kind of looked at me kind of weird because he hadn't seen me before. And he opened up the pizza, and then he's like, "Nah, just take the whole box. And he gave me this whole box of pizza. I ate two slices. It was pretty full. And then I just, like, gave the rest of the pizza to somebody else. And then I saw him for the rest of the morning. Every couple minutes, he'd show up with a new pizza box, and he was just walking around the neighborhood just passing out pizza to all these people. And... And I was like, that's fucking crazy. So later, you know, 10 hours later, 16 hours later, several hours later, um, I'm walking around being like, is there somebody better than me here? Like that I I really, that I could learn from. And I saw that man sitting down uh, eating a sandwich, not pizza. And I walked up to him and I was just like, hey man, so I know this is going to sound kind of awkward, but I was so touched watching you just walk around, hand out pizza all morning, and like making sure everybody was fed, including me. Like literally, I was starving, and you you fed me. And and I realized, like, look, I'm not homeless. Like I have money. I'm you know going to this like fifteen thousand dollar coaching program or whatever. In that level of goodness, I don't express in my personal life at all. But you did it, and you had like nothing. Can you please teach me that? And he, uh, and he said, Well, man, and he, he was this rough looking dude. He had like scars on his face. Uh, he was a guy that typically, if I wasn't a six foot six guy, that was pretty capable of handling himself. It's a guy I want to come within fucking 10 feet of. I mean, he was an intense dude. Um, but there was like a gentleness to him. Like, um, uh, there was like a gentleness to him. And, and so all these scars on his face, this like super rough dude. Uh, He looks at me, he's just like, well, man, he's like, look, man, I, I spend a lot of time having a pretty fucked up life. He's like, you know, my dad was a fucking pimp and a drug dealer. And so he used to beat me and beat my mom. And so I saw all this rough shit growing up. As I got older, that was really all I knew, and so I was like a rough dude. I was in and out of jail. I, you know, I was in fights, gangs. You know, like got shot and you know, stabbed, cut like all this like fucking crazy shit. He was just tell me this crazy shit that happened to his life. He's like, and so for most of my life, I was a fucking bad dude. And he's like, and that's kind of how I ended up on the streets. You know, when I got out of jail, I didn't have no family. I didn't have friends. Nobody wanted me around, and so I was on the streets. And. <laughs> You know, at first I was mad, and then I just kind of started dealing with it, and then I started realizing most of the other people on the streets were hurting too, and most of the other people on the streets were hurting because either they'd had shit that had happened to them like it happened to me, you know, shitty parents, shitty upbringing, no father, you know, or bad neighborhood or whatever, Um, or because um, they, you know, they'd become the shitty things. You know, and I was like, fuck, this like so resonated with me. I was just like, man, I was treated shitty, then I became a piece of shit, and then I was causing all this suffering. And, and he's just like, yeah, and he's like, at some point I just realized that I was hurting. And I realized others were hurting. He's like, and I realized that I think the world has enough hurt. Like enough people are hurting and enough people are hurting each other. And I didn't want to be a part of that problem anymore. I wanted to be a part of the solution. I wanted to be a part of the change in the world that I wanted to see. He's like, so at that moment, I was just like, everybody else can be shitty. everybody else can be hate. Everybody else can be fuck you. Everybody else can whatever. We got plenty of people like that. But I want to be the me that eight-year-old me needed i now wanted to you know it's like all the shit that i've heard from all these like famous people at this point like to be the change in the world you want to see is fucking gandhi you know like this this wisdom just being spouted out on this man and not just like that he read it in a book but he was actually living it like from nothing he was going around he's like yeah so all I do every morning is i walk around a panhandle to get enough money to buy some pizzas and i buy pizzas i make sure everybody's fed and then once everybody's fed like i eat um, and I was like, that's so fucking inspiring. And, and you know, uh, and, you know, and so that was kind of like one of one of the, the pivotal moments where I was like, I wanted to be the change in the world that I wanted to see. And one of the reasons for years that I've kind of resisted this is that I liked helping people one-on-one because when I knew you and I felt I could trust you, then I could tell you my story. I could tell you about the abuse and, and not... Uh, not be per- pressed back into shame or, or whatever about that. I could tell you about the just, ugh, fucking really shitty things I had done. And, uh, and you would understand me. You would know I wasn't that man anymore. So you could trust me and not be afraid of me or disgusted by me, not reject me. Um, but I was always kind of micromanaging the impact. I was micromanaging who I'd tell my story to, who I would share what I'd learned with because I wanted to feel safe. And then at some point, um, at some point in my thirties, I was super hardcore into drugs. And um, because of all the drugs I had done, I had done some incredible damage to my body. And, And I remember once I finally got sober, after about eight months of being sober, I was working this job and I had to bend over, I dropped a piece of paper and I bent over to pick up this piece of paper. And I bent over and I was like, I picked it up and I was like, whew, I was like fucking winded It was as if I just tried to pick up 200 pounds worth of shit. And it freaked me out. I went to the doctor and they did ultrasounds on me and all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, so your heart's fucked. Your lungs are fucked. Uh, uh, I w- used to want to be a professional dancer at one point in my life. So I love dancing. And uh, they're like, yeah, so you'll probably never dance again. You'll never run again. And, and you know, I was into kind of a runner. Uh, they're like, and honestly, you should probably never pick up anything over 10 pounds ever again, because you, you're like your heart might explode. You might just die. And. Uh, if you know anything about me i was just like well fuck that i literally left that doctor's appointment and signed up for dancing classes uh you know i started i found the most crazy workout routine you could find insanity at the time was what it was i started doing insanity i became a fucking insanity instructor uh then i was just like well this insanity is body weights you don't have to pick up more than 10 pounds i want to fucking pick up 200 pounds and throw it over my head so i found crossfit which uh, crossfit is as close as you can get to trying to kill yourself by actually improving your health uh, that i've ever found like i'm 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 surprised more people don't die doing crossfit i'm surprised i didn't die several times um so um so i was just like fuck that so yeah i I took dance classes and and started doing crossfit and uh, it was one of those moments where i was just like yeah fuck i never i don't want that thing that people say that i can never do again like i don't want that to be true i didn't want to have to fucking sit in my house and just wait to fucking die and and so i kind of saw that in me and uh, and then I started realizing that being the change I wanted to realize, it's like, yeah, that kind of mentality and stuff, you know, I could, I could kind of have, but, but that health issue never went away. Um, sure. I kind of like got victorious over it in a certain capacity just by sheer force of will or by like share the doctors like, well, fuck, we're super surprised you didn't die. But I mean, we're glad that that's working for you. You do seem healthier, but that health issue never really went away. Um, I just kind of mitigated it with better eating and better living and And, you know, obviously being sober and working out and stuff, but, um, and then I tore my hamstring about two years ago, almost three at this point. And all those things I was doing to keep myself fit and healthy and, you know, trying to kill myself without trying to kill myself, that CrossFit was like unavailable to me. And those health issues started to creep back. And, um, yeah. And so... And so, like, I hate to make this, like, super real. Most of my family doesn't even know this. But, like, I might die soon. There's not a lot I can do about it. Um, And, uh, you know, I... One of the big moments for change for me, where kind of things started changing was I was sitting thinking about my sexual abuse and how much it had stolen from me, Um, how much joy, how much peace, how much love, like just how much of myself being abused and the memories of being abused and the people that abused me, like how much all of that had stolen from me. And I was thinking about, well, you know, when I was six, I said I wanted to help people. And that was kind of when some of the abuse like really ramped up. And I was thinking about, there's this verse in the Bible where, God's talking to the Israelites and all the horrible shit that's fucking happened to them. And, you know, they've been kicked out of their lands and, you know, all these terrible things, you know, and I have Jewish blood in me. So, you know, it was like this very personal story about like my ancestors and, you know, the blood of these people that had suffered these atrocities had, had, you know, was in me. And so I could feel like just, uh, just the residue of that, the pain. And, uh, and, uh, God was talking to these people, reflecting on all the terrible things that had happened. And God says, You know, I will restore the years the locusts have eaten. I mean that uh if you know anything about locusts, you probably don't because we don't really have them in America. But when locust, when a swarm of locusts comes to like a field, they literally Eat and destroy everything so that it's almost irrecognizable. It's as close to like a nuclear holocaust as you could have gotten before weaponry of that magnitude was was invented. Um, It's just this this terrible raising of the land. It's it's just this crazy thing. Um, But God looked at these people that had lost all these things. To all these experiences and all these tragedies and, and everything he says like i will restore the years the locusts of eaten and i always kind of held on to that promise i was just like i fucking god if you're real if you're a thing please be true um and i was thinking about restoring the years and then is there a way of restoration from sexual abuse or, or all the other things that i've dealt with and i started thinking as i started changing and growing as some people started coming to me and I started get some healing around the trauma and the abuse and started to be transformed and, um, you know, started to feel more free from like uh, the torture of the memories and stuff like that. People started being like, hey, you were abused and you seem to be okay. Like, and, and, you know, and boy, and you see, you even will say that you've forgiven these people. Like, how did you do that? And, and I was just like, yeah, I, this, this, and this. And I could see people being transformed by the information that I was sharing. And kind of the pivotal moment for me. It was the first time I ever admitted to anybody, anybody that I had been sexually abused. I was uh, 30 and I had been asked to share my life story with uh, a church, with, like a bunch of strangers. And and I was just like, okay, I see some value in that. I can, you know, I'm, I'm, I was a drug addict for years. I'm not now. Uh, so yeah, sure, maybe somebody could benefit from my story. So I agreed to talk and um, I didn't know what I was going to stay, and I'd never told. Up until that life, I was 30. Nobody, not a therapist, uh, my mom, nobody, had known that I'd been sexually abused. I'd never spoken of it to a soul. And that day, I'm in front of this group of people, and I'm sharing my story, and all I said was the phrase, uh, when I grew up, I was abused in every way imaginable, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, sexually. And as I got older, I became the monster I was bred to be. That was all I said on it, and talk about fifteen for fifteen more minutes about being sexually abused. That was all I said, and after, and that was the first time I ever told anybody I'd been sexually abused. Uh, I was fucking thirty, and it started probably when I was three or younger, and I was conscious of it by the time I was five. And I get off stage, and I'm crying. I'm just bawling, just weeping. Um. And this woman sits next to me and she puts her hands on me and she's also crying. And she said, you know, I just want to thank you. She's like, I'm 37. I was molested from age 7 to 14 by an uncle. And I've never told a soul. I'm 37 now. Nobody knows. Uh, he shows up to family events and, and holidays and people wonder why I won't talk to them or why I don't want to be in the same room with him and nobody knows. And I've never had the courage to tell anybody. Even my husband doesn't know and he wonders sometimes, well, he'll do or say certain things and it, it I get crawly in my skin so it affects my sex life and my relationship with my husband and my relationship with myself and my relationship with my family. And she's like, for the first time in my life, I heard you have the courage in front of all these people to say that you were abused. And it gave me the courage to come over to you right now and tell you and you're the first person i've ever told and i want to tell you because of this moment i think everything's going to be okay i feel free and it was in that moment that i realized this whole time god had been trying to restore the years the locusts had eaten i was abused yeah but god gave me the strength to survive he gave me the intellect and the mind to learn and know and think about and contemplate and understand that he built in me through all those moments a heart of empathy and compassion and understanding so that I could actually see and be present and feel people there and know where they're coming from so I could hold them in love and also because of the pain it caused in my life and then the healing I was granted later and all the lessons I learned that got me through that whole experience. It also gave me the drive and the desire to help other people in that same place. So literally, like, it's, it's crazy. I hate to say this might sound triggery to some people based on where you are right now, but, like, for me, if I had to go back from where I'm at now, and we can talk about at some point how I got to this place. Love, I'm going to share those videos or whatever. We'll get there. But I can honestly tell you where I'm at right now if you were to show those people that abused me uh, to me today and you were to be like, what would you say to them? I'd be like, fucking thank you. But like two things, I was just like, A, because I know why ever you did that must have been because you were fucked up and you were hurting in some way, just like you did me. There's no way that a, an adult abuses a child because they're happy and whole and, f- and full and loved and having great experiences of life. So I'd be like, A, I'm sorry. Whatever happened to you, get to that place, I'm sorry. And B, I want to thank you because even though you didn't know it, what you intended to e- for evil, God intended for good, the universe intended for good, it ended up being good. Because because of that lesson, I don't sit here and we're going to make fucking bunch of videos talking to you about like, well, hey, I read a fucking book and I took a counseling class and this is how you get through abuse. No, I actually fucking was a victim of incredible amounts of obscene, absurd, disturbing abuse. And I made it, and I'm on the total other side of that, where not only am I actually healed, but I'm healed to the point where I can actually love the people that victimized me and be present with you wherever you are in that journey for yourself, and know that intimately. So I've been given this this gift, not just of knowledge, but of deep, intimate knowing. So kind of why I'm sitting right now is, is kind of a, a, a crux. It's like I, I've learned a lot. Um... I, I dealt with a bunch of shit. I've learned a lot because of it. I've been a bunch of shit. I've learned a lot because of it. I've, I've healed and grown a lot from that shit and from being that shit. So I, I know a lot of those places. I know how to move from being treated like trash to like finding the treasures uh, in yourself and in those moments. I know what it's like to be a piece of trash and then look at myself in the mirror uh, this morning and go, fuck, what a treasure. Thank you. Thank you for not killing yourself. Thank you. Thank you, universe, for not letting myself flail myself over the balcony when I was five. Thank you for all these other moments where I could have died from an overdose or something or from the trauma, of the abuse. Thank you. Just fuck. Thank you. I'm still here. Um, because I actually have some gifts to share. And... I realized because of that journey, because it was a hard fought, because every piece of knowledge that I'm about to share was a hard fought journey. I either learned it in the most brutal, painful, intimate way possible um, uh, through through experience or, or whatever or, um, or because I needed to. Because if I didn't learn something from that, like I was going to die or I was going to suffer or I was going to keep hurting people or. Uh, so I, I know what I'm talking about from a place of deep intimacy. And I've realized if I went through that fucking gauntlet, if all the shit that I dealt with and all the shit that I survived, if I, if I didn't learn anything from that, but if I learned a bunch of stuff and I didn't share it with more than just like one stranger in a coffee shop on a Tuesday, that if I died tomorrow from the stuff that's going on with me, and nobody knew my story or my journey, nobody knew that healing from like sexual abuse for example is possible nobody knew that being a fucking convicted felon piece of trash that society wanted to throw away and even therapists told you you would amount to nothing if like those people are sitting right here ha- right here right now listening to this and they're like i don't believe but i want to believe like if, if my story about how i got from that guy to this guy isn't told and i died tomorrow then what the fuck was the point what the fuck was the point And so really the main reason I'm making these videos is like, look, I have so much fucking love and compassion for every person that somehow finds this and the sea of stuff on the internet, cat videos and and people sharing their stories. If somehow this finds you and any part of my stories, any part of what I'm trying to share, any part of it resonates with you, and I'm able to share this with you and get this out for you before I die, before life takes me, And anybody from either tomorrow or till the end of time is able to benefit of this. I just want to help, man. I'm just like that guy. The world is hurting. Enough people are doing a pretty fucking bang up job of like injecting their own little droplets of venom and pain into it. And I just don't want to be a part of the problem anymore. I want to be a part of the solution. Yeah. so at this point, I just, I just don't want to be a part of the pain. I want to be a part of the solution. Like I said, the world's hurting enough. It needs some healing. And sometimes what it takes to heal is somebody like me. (laughs) Somebody that has been through it, like seen some rainbows through those tears, uh, seen some sunshine through those sorrows, and has had a couple years with the locusts, uh, what the locusts of eating has has been restored. And I just try to offer that to you. Um, And... Yeah. So really, most of this is about like, look, I've learned some stuff. Maybe it's valuable for you. Maybe it's not. I believe if you listen to it, it probably is. But whatever I have to share just comes from the heart. Look, I'm not, it's not a shtick. I don't have any bullshit to feed you. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. Uh, All of this stuff I'm putting out here for fucking free. I'm not charging it. This is not a sales pitch. I'm not trying to fucking convince you to buy a program or a fucking package or any of that. I'm trying to actually speak to you right now. Like life is fucking tough. Life is fucking hard. People are fucking hurting. And maybe that person that's hurting is you. Maybe that person that's causing some of that hurt is also you. And whether you're hurting or, or being hurt or anything in between, today is kind of the fucking day. Today's the day where that no longer has to be your story that that chapter can be closed you can be done with that chapter and this can be the first day where you're like look i don't want to be a part of the problem i want to be a part of the solution or i'm tired of fucking hurting i'm ready for fucking healing or i've walked a path of fucking 20 years of fucking healing and now i fucking actually want to be a salve to the world to bring that healing talent and skills and wisdom and knowledge and experience to the fucking world and that's why we're here that's why we're here that's why i'm here i heard this quote uh, it was very recently, a couple years ago, and it said the next Buddha, the next enlightened one, the next Jesus, the next person that shows up on the planet that just totally shifts the paradigm, changes the narrative, transforms the world, injects this like message of love or healing or whatever. The next thing won't be an individual. It'll be a community. And something about that resonated with me. I, I believe that. One reason why I believe that so strongly is because I know if you're watching this right now and you're like, who's this guy? I don't know this guy. Or you watched a hundred of these videos and you're like, this guy knows his shit. You might be looking at to me right now and being like, well, fuck, if this guy's been through all these experiences, gained all these knowledges, wisdom, has this platform for this dissemination of his information, and he's sharing this and you're looking at me like I'm your guru or I have all the fucking answers or whatever, I will fucking tell you. I got about 10 answers that are really good for some things that are come from my knowledge and wisdom experience, but I'm willing to bet there are like 60, 70 fucking things that, you know, 60 to 70 times more than I do about that. Um, and I want to hear those fucking stories too, man. I, a woman, <laughs> whoever you are, I want to hear those stories. Childs, you know, if your parents will let you listen to this, like um, I want to share as much of my salve like look man if you went through a 40 i'm 40 you know plus at this point if you if i went through this gauntlet of of experiences to gain this wisdom and knowledge i'm kind of like a doctor of the soul in some very specific issues in my life and as much as i can if you come to me with those symptoms i want to try to be that salve that healing that whatever and i guarantee there's a hundred people watching this video that are like hey what he's saying is great and I have another little piece to add to that and that takes healing to even the next level and and I'm still in process. I can learn from that. Other people watching this can learn from that. Other people that learn a little bit from me can whatever. And then when you see something that I'm hurting in, or somebody next to you hurting in, and and then you want to share that piece of knowledge and wisdom, experience, like, boy, holy shit, the locust ate the shit out of those years of my life, and then I learned this thing, and that became the salve, and now I feel the restoration, and now I'm having that moment where I was the first person for this, and they heard this, and now this is the fir- uh, and this is the moment, and you're actually listening to this right now, and you're like holy fuck, that guy's not too different from me. Maybe he's in a fancy suit and lit up and maybe he's on you know, the internet or wherever the fuck you're finding me, but I'm not that different from you. We've all gone through hurts. We've all been, you know, Kobe Bryant died recently and, and we've all, he, he said, you know, in us there are all devils and there's all angels, you know. We've all been the devil. We've all been the angel. We've all been the student and now there's all something that we can teach of and so really i'm making these videos i'm I'm having this conversation with you for two reasons if i die and everything of value and beauty and power that i've learned in my life dies with me it will be an incredible tragedy and if you are watching this and you die tomorrow and all the wisdom and knowledge and beauty that you have to share with the world dies It'll be an incredible tragedy. And so I don't expect to be this entire conversation. I am not Jesus. I am not Buddha. I'm not any of these things. But I'm a part of this conversation. I'm at least one note in this song. I'm at least one paragraph in this story. And I'm here to put my notes out there and put my words on that page so that together we can build a chapter and a book and a symphony And we can do this fucking together. I really am trying to make this a collaborative, community-based experience where I will share and I will promise you, I will give everything that I have for as much as I have it left to give to you, not because I think I am the answer, but because I just, I hope it helps I think I do very genuinely very truly have some answers and whatever I share with you I hope any of it helps and I want you to gift me and give me and give the world the same and believe in yourself enough to give the same because talking about Kobe Bryant the man just died 10 years ago I was watching a thing from Kobe Bryant and he said Somebody asking me he's like, how do you deal with all the criticism? Now, if you could imagine, my life been a bunch of criticism. Um, when you're a victim of abuse, you spend a majority of the time from that point forward criticizing yourself. Well, I must have no value. I must suck. Why would somebody do that to me? I must be real trash. That was the narrative for me, at least. And then as it became the monster I was bred to be, you better believe that I spent years, a decade plus, of counselors and judges and foster parents and people I would meet calling me trash and so 10 years ago and they were like how do you deal with the criticism and he was just like well he's like I love it he's like I love it he's like it fuels me it feeds me he says because nothing makes me happier than to prove those people wrong Um, for those that are big Kobe fans that's not exactly what he said but that's the gist of it and that's what I heard and and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> like, dude, like, who the fuck gets fueled by fucking criticism? I fucking was dying under the fucking internal criticism and the external criticism. I was fucking dying. Um, and uh, I thought about that for 10 years. And very recently, I had been trying to... <laughs> I'd been trying to work with some other companies to try to be like, hey, you're trying to change the world. Can I get on board? Can I volunteer my time with you? And I've been really trying to like hop on other people's things because I question my own value. You know, you don't live a life of abuse and then being a piece of shit and then all of a sudden like it locks in that, oh my God, I have value, Like I'm valuable. No, when you literally have fucking uh, like authorities tell you, or even parents in some cases tell you, you know what, you deserve to spend the rest of your life in prison. You know what that sounds to me? You have so little value that you being in a box where you really don't get to live or experience that life, but you certainly never get to interact with another fucking human being. That's where you deserve to be for the rest of your fucking entire life. That's how little fucking value you have. It's really hard to wake up one day and go, you know what, everything that I have to share is super amazing and valuable and I'm going to share it with you and make some videos and people are going to give a fuck. No, man, I questioned my doubt and my worst for so fucking long that all I wanted to do from age five was fucking help people, but I didn't believe I could. And then over the course of 10 years of changing my own life, a few people would be like, wow, this here and this here, that's super useful. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe that's helpful to more people. And after all this time of trying to top on somebody else's thing and consistently being rejected, like, look, man, it sucks. If you want to do, like, life transformational shit like this, and you go to your average person that's a life coach, and you're like, hey, I would like to coach with you. And they're like, cool, uh, like, tell me about you. And be like, well, I was a drug dealer and a felon, and I did all these horrible things, and this, this, and this. Most people go, holy fuck, yeah, I can't hire you. Like, I can't get insurance, I can't get bonded, I sure as fuck don't want you a person that is probably going to have somebody show up from some of these videos or from some of your public speakings and go, I know that guy. That guy that did that shitty thing to me, there he is on fucking TV, there he is on stage. I can't have that. I can't, the liability, I can't do that. And So every time I would try to see somebody else that I believed in or hop on their things, I would always be rejected. And I always thought I had to do somebody else's thing because I didn't think that I... Just me in front of a camera like this had any fucking value. But then I was thinking about Kobe. And I was thinking about all those criticisms. And how he just, he loved it. Because he he loved proving people wrong. You tell me I can't win a championship without Shackleman 2. You tell me I can't do this, I'll do it better. And I was just thinking how he was fueled by that criticism. And at some point I started to look and I went, hold on. I have a lot of people rejecting me. I was like, you know why they're rejecting me? They don't see my value. you know what I could do? I could either be crippled by that or I could do whatever I fucking can to prove them wrong. So literally a day before he died, I literally sat there and I went, you know what? I'm gonna dedicate and I'm gonna commit myself to proving those people wrong, to showing myself in the world that what I know and what I see and what I feel and who I am, who I am as a person has value, not just a little value, just by proxy of being human, but value because of my ability to love and heal and help and change. I'm gonna show everybody that I have value and I will not die until I have demonstrated that to the fullest of my ability and until somebody out there sees it and feels it too to prove all those people that said I would never amount to anything wrong, to prove my own inner voices and my own inner demons that none of that shit I've talked about myself was ever true. I wasn't abused because I had no value. I've always been valuable, and I'm valuable now. And literally the day before he died, I was thinking about all this, And I started making plans and moves to make these videos and get my message and my little piece of that puzzle of my little tendril of that conversation, my little note in that symphony to like, I was just like, I'm going to play these notes and I'm going to write these chapters and I'm going to get this out there. And literally a day before he died, I was thinking about all this and I made all these plans to be here today. And, uh, and I looked up and I said, thanks, Kobe. I literally said it out loud. I said, thanks, Kobe. And then the next day he died. And he died never knowing how much of an impact he had on me. A man that... Look, man, the guy fucked up. He did some fucking dark shit in his life. At Least accused of, and he admitted to some of it. Like, But he didn't let that be the end of his story. He changed. He changed to the point where people mourned his death they weren't grateful for it because he went from just being a person that had done some bad things or made some mistakes or caused some pains to a person that tried to change that narrative and that story and try to be the change in the world he wanted to see try to be the healing that he felt it needed trying to like like invest himself as a person to change the narrative and make amends and reparations as much as he could and so he never knew if he's out there somewhere listening like thanks man thanks for being an inspiration to people like me that i'm not gonna fly in a helicopter so i'm not going out that way tomorrow but but i'm gonna make these videos for you i'm gonna try to be the change in the world i want to see i'm gonna try with everything everything i have for you, because you need it, for me, because it means so much to me. And I'm, I'm going to do this for me, for you, for Kobe, for anybody that could possibly benefit from this. And because, like I said, I don't know how long I have left. Maybe I get back to CrossFit and I live, uh, you know, killing it for the next 50 years. Who knows? You know, maybe some medical miracle happens and everything's going to be fine. Or maybe I get done making this video and, and I die. But at least if I died today, I died talking to you, sharing a little piece of me with you, sharing a little bit of hope with you, a little bit of love, a little bit of truth and compassion. And I'll know I did good. And so that's why we're here. That's why I'm doing this. You mean so much to me. Healing and and helping and and humanity, like, means so much to me. I, I don't have all the answers. But I'll share what I got. And my hope is that you'll share what you have too. And together, we can be part of this thing that changes the world. So, thanks for listening. If you're in this with me, let's go. Take a breath. Look around. Feel it. Feel the vibration. Feel the breath. Feel the power of just fucking being alive. I'm Don Ham, the sex Jesus, and the knots of Virgin Mary. I love that. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay.